Hi there, Lacey. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you, Peter? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Um, how are the dogs? Um, they're relaxed right now, which is good. So hopefully good. no noise from them. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. Uh, anyway, right. So uh, what uh, subject would you like to share with the listeners today? Um, the topic that I was going to talk about is in regards to China, who mm-hmm. is trying to be the peacemaker in regards to the conflict with Russia and Ukraine. Yeah, yeah. So basically, China sees themselves as a like one of the largest powers in the world, obviously. That's a, in a neutral position with mm-hmm. this conflict. Mm-hmm. So just starting there, I find that very interesting that they find themselves to be neutral in this conflict mm. because maybe they haven't really stated a stance in regards to who they're behind at this mm. time, mm-hmm. but they still have been funding Russia's war mm. because they are still buying up Russian oil and helping fund that. So although mm. they aren't necessarily taking a stance or saying, making a statement, that makes a statement on its own. Mm. Um, just from consumption but when you look at it really isn't everybody guilty of that i mean Mm, mm. this this conflict alone has made basically every western nation go oh oops Mm. yeah (laughs) because everybody was relying very 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 heavily Mm. on russia for energy or for oil and for all these things and Mm. now they're going oh we should probably come up with another solution because Mm. this now become problematic Mm-hmm. And we don't want to continue supporting Russia during this time. Mm-hmm. So starting off with that, neutral or not, that's a question. The next question for me with China is that, is this real, like, is is the playing of a peacemaker something that they're really doing because they want to help in this situation? Or is mm-hmm. it more of an issue of, we need better relations with the EU? Mm-hmm. Like, the reality is right now the u.s is not playing well with china and they're basically doing everything in their power to make other people not play well with china Mm -hmm. um that's going to be hugely detrimental for china's economy overall Mm -hmm. and so to me it's like this could be if, if they present themselves well and say we're the peacemakers we're doing something good for something that you agree with. We mm-hmm. want to help Ukraine in this situation. Mm-hmm. Then maybe they can bolster some support mm. and then bolster their economy in that way as well. Mm-hmm. Because they're going to have that support from Europe. Yeah, And that's actually like, I mean, the title of it, this is from the Financial Times, was China tries to play peacemaker in Ukraine war to woo Europe. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's the thought of they're really trying to make Europe think of them in a different way than what has been happening at this time. Mm. Mm. Um, and then the third thing that comes to mind with this situation is that just when you think about peacemaking and the, and in this situation, we've seen a lot of just, there's no agreement when you're coming in with peacemaking, you have to be able to negotiate Mm -hmm. with both sides. Mm -hmm. And to me, 
there it doesn't look like there's much negotiation with both sides in this situation mm. russia doesn't want to change what they're doing they mm-hmm. want the part of ukraine that they want mm-hmm. and ukraine is saying no you can't have that mm-hmm. and when they're both vying for the same land how can you find a negotiating point with those two players without making them feel like they basically both lost something Mm -hmm. because i mean regardless russia will lose part of what they're trying to get and ukraine will lose part of what's already part of their country if they come Mm -hmm. to an agreement that seems somewhat negotiable at this time and neither of those parties want to do that so it just it seems like a very odd situation that doesn't seem very it, it just doesn't seem like it's going to be very possible to mm. do proper mediation in this situation. Mm. So what do you think with all that's going on? Here, yeah. I mean, it's very difficult um, this because I often find that, especially with political stuff, it's, you know, you kind of need to be in the room. Um, but even then you, know, you being in there in the room is not enough. You need to be in all the other rooms where everyone has all their meetings before they get into the main room um and so i think it is very difficult i think i do wonder whether you know china had a bad year last year um i do uh, and you know gdp um suffered a, a, a massive mauling you had um civil unrest going into the end of the year because of the um the severe lockdown conditions uh, rioting, all that kind of stuff, um, and people were getting tired of it. And I just wonder, uh, you know, I do wonder whether maybe uh, Xi Jinping is now deciding to um, burnish his international credentials is for a domestic audience um, in order to show that he is the statesman that needs to be at the helm. Um, and so as a result of that, he just, he is um, styling himself as a, a peacemaker. Um, yeah. But that's kind of weird because um, he's been, you know, although he supposedly doesn't support the war, he is effectively financing it because China is buying this heavily mm-hmm. discounted Russian oil. And has been doing throughout throughout. So what they say and what they do appear to be rather different. Um, uh, but, you know, it, it will no doubt um, try to position itself, especially for a domestic audience, that yeah. it is the one bringing these two other superpowers together. And it is the only one that can that can make them um, come to an agreement because you know ostensibly uh, China says it doesn't want war um, and then um, uh, yeah you know and, and 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 yet they do things that are um, that, that they do things that that um, effectively prolong the war so yeah. it's very strange but it seems very self-serving in a way um now that you put it in that like very domestic thought of their international relations have been just absolutely horrific for the past Mm. year. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this would give them the opportunity for their people to believe that they're trying to be more international and be more open to that kind of thing. Mm. So that would be good. But when you also look at the very self-serving nature of, yeah, they're getting really discounted oil from Russia. 
them as a country has to look up out for them. Mm. Like China has to look out for China. Mm. And so in that regard, I kind of understand the fact that they're like, well, we have just a massive economy. We have a ton of people. Mm. We're not going to go and find a new way to do oil at this time because this mm. is cheap. And mm. it makes sense for us at this time. Cause if we can save money on that, then mm. we can run our country better. So like, mm. that seems like a very self-serving thing. So I do wonder if this is more about basically making them look better to their people mm. than and making them i mean like i said if they can make the eu happy mm. and fix relations there that's even better mm. and in all honesty they could probably boost the relationship with the eu just mm. by attempting this mm-hmm. and who even cares if they're successful with mm. any sort of negotiation between the mm. parties mm. yeah no it's, it's it is um it's a complicated situation. I mean, I, I think the other thing I probably mentioned with this is that, um, you know, is, is, is the U S's role in all this and mm-hmm. the Saudi rate, you know, the, um, where Saudi Arabia perhaps get in, gets involved in, in the whole thing. And one of the is maybe that, um, Biden is, I mean, he, you know, he paid a surprise visit, uh, didn't he this week to Ukraine, yeah. I'm kind of thinking that maybe, and this is a massive maybe, he's not so much worried about Ukraine in Europe particularly, but what I do think he is worried about is whether Taiwan will become a Ukraine. Because I think if Taiwan becomes a Ukraine, that will destabilise the Asia-Pacific region. Um, and you know, it might even bring North Korea into play as well because they might feel more emboldened. So I kind of think that he's he's throwing a lot of resource at this because he wants to send a message to China that listen, you know, we're not going to pretend it doesn't happen because and this and you know we are we will retaliate if you try to do this. So. I think there's, there's, there's a bit of that going on. Uh, and I also wonder whether, um, you know, the whole sort of China recently um, chatting, uh, you know, having very constructive t- talks, um, which resulted in a lot of deal signing um, between Xi Jinping and uh, Prince um, uh, Mohammed bin Salman of um, Saudi Arabia, whereby... You know, there were various agreements signed, oil, uh, they're doing a car sort of venture thing, aren't they? That, that's a new car make called SEER, that's S-E-E-R, um, that they're, they're, they're doing jointly with China as, and, and BMW. Um, but, um, yeah, all these kinds. Of, uh, so I wonder whether China is maybe cultivating very good relations with um, Saudi Arabia, because then that makes... That make that means that it can then go to Russia and say, "Look, we want you to do this. If you don't do this, we won't like it." And mm-hmm. by the way, um, if we wanted to buy oil and things from someone else, we can. So you better toe the line, otherwise we're just going to abandon you like everyone else. It's so funny, yeah. it's such a dicey game because when you look at the relationship of going to Saudi um, for things like that, there are still like human rights issues that go mm. into that, and so it's almost turning a blind eye to those issues mm. to use it as a 
kind of a stepping block and a, a negotiation point or yeah. like you said yeah basically the last last straw you guys we have someone else now so mm. figure it out or or else yeah, yeah absolutely so there we go. I mean, it's quite, you know, it's a very, very tricky subject that, but uh, I thought it was good to, to, to talk about it because um, I don't know, there's so much to, and I hate saying this phrase, but I'm going to say it. Uh, there's so much to unpack uh, on this, on this, isn't there really? But, uh, but anyway, um, better move on to the next thing, um, which is, and I'm going I'm to be choosing uh, something which sounds like a, a load of acronyms, um, but uh, AI uh, has been boosting WPP, um, and uh, <laughs> um, and and you know WPP's been loving it. Uh, WPP's been loving it. Now, uh, let's 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 just explain Lots what I've just access. said. Yes, I was going to say that actually. I was going to say so. WPP <laughs> is the biggest advertising company in the world, right? But I bet that a lot of people who are listening to this will have never have heard of the company. So WPP. Um, was uh, you know was a company um, that actually it it completely unrelated to what it does now. So WPP stands for Wire and Plastic Products. Okay, now this bloke Martin Sorrell now at uh, night. So Sir Martin Sorrell, he kind of started with with this company. I think him someone else bought it. Then they just kept buying up advertising agencies, advertising agencies, essentially making WPP the biggest one in the world. And you would have heard of their, of, of the, um, you, uh, unlike WPP, a lot of people will have heard of their, of, of the brands uh, or the, you know, the, the companies that they um, own. I think it's things like, what's it? Yeah, was it Young and Rubicon? Um uh oh god i'm just trying to think there's just there's just so many um uh so uh not into public and stuff like that anyway so i can't i can't but there there are you know there are lots of them that they own um that that people will have actually heard of uh but anyway um the main the main um uh, Ogilvy, the Ogilvy, for instance, that's that's one I've heard of, for instance. Uh, Ogilvy, Finsbury, um, yeah, various, yeah, various other. Anyway, right. So, um, the reason why I'm thinking this is this is interesting is because for is uh, twofold really. One is that um, is that it's an advertising agency and it actually did quite well. Now, the reason why that's important is because, generally speaking, advertising is seen to be uh, a leading economic indicator in many cases. So what that means is you uh, that what happens at an advertising is reflective of what will be happening in the economy. So it's a leading indicator. Uh, now, the fact that it is done really well um, may suggest that, in fact, there were the we will we are having an economic rebound um so that's that's one thing so it could be an early sign that things are going well and it does seem that when you hear macro data and things from the us uk and and even in europe as well that things seem to be going in the right direction um so that's one one reason why i think this story is interesting the other reason why i think it's interesting is because of the role of ai in um in um making revenues for WPP. Now, the reason for, again, the reason why I'm interested in that 
is because, for instance, I in, if you got get Watson's Daily, and I sincerely hope you do, um, there is um, I I put in there. There's there was a Nike advert um, last year, um, which uses AI to play a 1999 Serena Williams versus a 2017 version of Serena Williams to see who wins. Now, you know, obviously that was using AI. Um, the reason why that was, I use that as an example is because they are trying to use AI in their advertising campaigns. Um, they say that um, it may change jobs, I guess. Uh, I think, although they say they're not going to cut jobs, I would have thought that it would. Um, but anyway, um, so I think it's in, it, I think it's interesting that a from a you know it's an early sign of of, um, of recovery, and b that there's that it's using it's uh, embracing AI. Yeah, what do you I think? think? I think it's good that they're embracing it because honestly, mm. like I pulled up the Serena Williams thing based on what you had put on the mm. um, Watson's Daily today. I was like mesmerized by it. Yeah. It's like eight or nine minutes long of just like two Serena Williamses playing herself. Yeah. Yeah. And I couldn't stop watching. And yeah. <laughs> I I am a big tennis fan, so that is part of the thing. But like it was just fascinating that we're able to take this technology. Mm. They said they basically took like hundreds of her matches. Oh no, it's a hundred and thirty thousand. It was 130,000. Yeah, that so they, they, did, they yeah. ran that with the AI, but they said that they to be able to make the AI, they took like hundreds of her yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. and that's how they designed this to even be yeah. possible to make it so that 1999 yeah. could play 2017. Yeah. And then they took like at the end of it the statistics of uh basically how many double faults she would get for mm. in, when she was in 2017 versus um 1999 and they just had all this data there as well that they mm. came up with from yeah pitting her against herself for 130,000 games mm. um so that'd be like 50,000 matches but that's just it's mind-blowing it, it, and it, really it, fascinating it really it really is isn't it i mean i yeah. i was watching i was the same you know i was watching it and thinking that is just amazing that you can even do that because there'll be so many sports and things you you know like would Mike Tyson beat yeah uh, would 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 a, would a would a Mike Tyson of whatever nineteen uh, I don't know eighteen or whatever whatever it was you know versus uh, Tyson Fury now you know who would win and you could actually find out it would be quite interesting and the other thing is I I think about the sports industry in general and. Mm. Like using AI in that way, this is going off of advertising. Sorry, mm, um, just the thought of going off of um, that using that AI. Can you improve this person as a like as a tennis player or something? Could she improve now because you mm. found the things that make her better than she used to be? Oh, mm. Let's tweak these things and mm. make you even better than you are now. I'm just thinking of what kind of implication that kind of. Mm has on the sports industry itself but yeah. back to the advertising side of it. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um i actually think that the advertising side of things is very fascinating because yeah mm. it doesn't necessarily get rid of jobs it does it's one of those things where i feel like our culture is almost shifting more and more and more towards mm. jobs and mm. that obviously an ai isn't able to come up with these creative ideas on its mm -hmm. own 
at least mm-hmm. not yet. Frankly, I'm terrified if it can start coming up with all these creative ideas on its own. Yeah. Um, but we're, I feel like we're a long way from that. Mm-hmm. So you still have to have that human to go, Hey, this is an idea. Mm-hmm. Um, we should do this for advertising. Cause you also need the whole, I feel like you need that human to go, this is mm. what other humans are going to want to watch. This mm. is what other people are going to want to do. And then they have to make it happen with AI. And mm. I think that AI is becoming the make it happen side of things. Mm. You don't need an actor. You don't need Serena Williams in it unless mm-hmm. or if you have the AI creating Serena Williams kind of thing. Mm. Obviously, then that gets into intellectual property yeah. and all that. So, yeah, there's all kinds of interesting things coming out of this. No, oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. So there we go. I mean, I guess, you know, we have to call it, uh, you know, call, call it there. Um mm-hmm. I, I mean, game set and match, really. Um, <laughs> so on this for sorry, uh, but yeah, I. There's so much going on. So in there's so many possibilities. I think there are opportunities. There are threats. Yes, but I think you know. Ev- I think we ever we all need to think about how AI can enhance um, our lives because it is content- It is developing all the time. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah. Um, and if talking about developing all the time, um, if you uh, feel like developing all the time and you want to, to do that, then can I recommend um, the uh, talk next week on Tuesday <laughs> uh, where I am, uh, you know, going through uh, the business and financial markets news of this month with Jake Shogger, who will be sprinkling his legal magic over the proceedings. Um, and it is, it's always good fun. And, um, you know, I think it's a great way to look back at the month. Um, and I would say this is, this has been the month of a, where AI um, really put its stamp on everything. So, um, so yeah, so, you know, maybe, maybe, a, a, a you know, if you can drop into that, that would be absolutely brilliant. Uh, we'll put it on our socials and it's on the uh, Watson's Daily, um, you know, newsletter. So, but anyway, thank you very much indeed, Lacey, for this week. Um, it's been really great to have you on the podcast. Thanks, Peter. It was fun as usual. Okay, good stuff. And uh, thank you very much for the listeners, for listening. Um, hope you get value out of this. If you do, please give us uh you know don't don't be shy please give us uh six star ratings um <laughs> and say how wonderful this is uh because it's good for our ego uh but, but also it does uh you know it, it does help with with everything as well and thank you very you know i do appreciate it i really do um so anyway thank you very much indeed have a great day whatever you're up to and um we'll be back again soon many thanks bye <laughs>